Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are a God of love. And grace. Thank you that you want to be in relationship with us to such an extent that your Holy Spirit is in communion with us now here on earth. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. How wonderful it is. And we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Be seated. God is good. <laughs> that sounded, you know, there's this little sort of a back and forth thing. Um, when I say God is good, then uh, a response could be uh, all the time. And then I say all the time, and then you say, God so God is good. All and all the time. Oh, amen. You know, we sing that, and we, we, we sing these songs. They're aspirational. They're true. We desire. We need the Lord. We need goodness. We need love, grace, and mercy in our lives. So God is good. Okay, see, you got to stay with me. Just a few minutes. Just a few. But what about us? How, how, do, how do you feel about you? How do we feel about us? What a, like, we know God is good. He, we've been uh, saying in, as we've been going through Psalm 139, David acknowledged God knows all things. God is present everywhere. He is amazing and awesome. But what about how you feel about you? How do you feel about you? What is your value? How do you value yourself? What is your sense of self-worth? You know, uh, finance people uh, talk about a variety of different formulas. If you're thinking of doing a big project and there's expense associated with it and you're trying to determine if you should do that project that will eventually have some return for you in the future, uh, finance people will use this calculation they call net present value, NPV. And they'll use this formula to calculate what that future value is in the present and if it's a project you should do. Formulas. Uh, recently, this uh, movie called Air um, was on Netflix, I think it was. It was about uh, sort of the making of Michael Jordan, if you will. And so out of curiosity, I went and sort of checked in on Michael Jordan. And recently, actually, I think he sold his interest in a, a basketball team. Uh, sold it for, I think, around a billion dollars. He started, I forget now what his initial investment was. I thought, mm, I'll check him out. And yeah, Michael Jordan, worth a couple billion dollars. Kimberly was saying we should just follow his investments and do what he's doing. Uh, but the thing is, you need a certain amount of capital just to get in, which we don't have. Um, and then all this business with uh, the uh, sort of the Titanic and the awful news that we heard about this uh, uh, voyage there. So I was listening a bit to, to James Cameron, the movie maker, and I'm thinking, how does he afford all of this stuff that he's made and he's gone down? And so I looked into uh, James Cameron's uh, values. You know, like, this guy has made billions of dollars in sales off of his movies. That's a, like a, with a B. 
that's a, quite a business there. And if you were going to make a, a mortgage or a big loan at a bank, you'd sit down in front of this person who's this banker, and what they want to do is they want to calculate your net worth. The banker, how much are you, how much are you worth? They'll calculate how many assets you have, like the stuff. Then they'll calculate your liabilities, how much you owe, and all those kinds of things. They'll even determine your reliability. Do you follow through? And, and then they'll give you kind of a sense of, of how much you and I are worth. But really, at the end of the day, when you're at home or when you're by yourself, those aren't the calculations that we use to have a sense of self-worth or self-esteem? Like, how do you really calculate that? What's the calculator? Oh, and we have plenty of calculators that we use in our mind. Yes, possessions is a calculator we use to try and figure out our value. But performance is a big one. You know, how, how am I doing if, if, if I'm doing well in sports or maybe, you know, how am I doing as a parent or a grandparent or a friend? So performance seems to be a big calculator outcome. We're like, man, some days I think I'm a good parent or a good husband, but not always. And so, so we get into another calculator, which is uh, other people, and we compare. Well, they're doing so well, and I'm not. But all those calculators that we use, they basically drive us crazy. And they're not actually helpful, because there's always somebody who is better, who is stronger, who is smarter, who is faster. There's always a parent whose child never uh, has a problem. There's always a baby who always sleeps through the night. <laughs> Kids are perfect. Career is ideal. And we just go into this mind like it's, we could be depressed or we could get anxious or we could get corrupt and try to do weird things in order to get a better sense of self. How do we calculate? Because we're calculating our sense of self-worth. David did that as well. Shepherd who became king, who was a man after God's own heart, and he had uh, come alive to how amazing and awesome God is. That God knows all. That God is everywhere present. But then he turned to consider, but who am I and and what am I like? And do, what kind of worth? In, in light of this awesome and amazing God, how do I fare and how do I rank? And what he realized is that he was using a lot of false factors to calculate his worth. He couldn't, you know, achieve enough. He couldn't do enough. He couldn't get there. And so he realized that this was a ploy of the, of the enemy. And so he began to formulate another question, a very different question. 
in order to calculate his sense of self-worth. His question was this. He began with this question. How did I get here? How did I actually get here? Which is an origin question. And so let's go to Psalm 139. We're going to start at verse 13. And with this he says, For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. That I know very well. This is another creation account. It's a matter of origins. And what David is coming to acknowledge is that the Lord is the creator. The Lord is the creator. Yes, parents are involved. A male and a female is involved in the reproduction of human beings. But in terms of ultimate origins versus proximate origins, yes, a male and a female come together and they make a baby in terms of sequence of events. But in terms of ultimate origins, that belongs to the Lord. It wasn't human beings that invented all of what is required to make a human being. We are participating in it, but it is our creator who is the origin and source to begin with. God is the source. He acknowledges it here and all through God's people through history have acknowledged this. Even the early creeds of the first few centuries, the, the, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, they acknowledge that God is the creator. And then David continues, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes beheld my unformed substance. God is very intentional. God is intentional with his creation. Every detail, every specific, every aspect of creating individuals and also creating the church, the group as well. And when David says from the depths of the earth, it is an echo from the creation account in Genesis where it is understood that God took and, and used some dust that he had made in order to make human beings. He created ex nihilo out of nothing, but then when he established this dust, it is said that he used that to create. And we understand that when we die, we return to that same state. God is intentional. But it isn't just that he created human beings, but David acknowledges that, Lord, you created me. He created you and me. God is very specific. He created, David says, you created my very being, physical, my frame, my skeletal structure, my inward parts, those, you know, I was reading some doctors, Timothy um, uh, Johnson, and he, he has this book, Finding God in the Questions, and he talks about the um, expansive external universe, but he also talks about the expansive internal universe. 
how intricate and complicated it is. I mean, some of you are scientists. You could describe the intricacies of an atom or a DNA strand. Did you know, for example, that we have hair, cilia, I think it's called, on our lungs? And I understand from some of these doctors that there are trillions of these little hairs, like ten, three times ten to the power of twelve. And the Lord has brought all of this together and he's made you, he made David, and he made me. In 16b, in your book were written all the days that were formed for me. Listen to this. In your book are written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. So God, David is acknowledging that God is the original source. He is intentional and specific in his creation. And he has created life, your life, my life, David's life, for life. He has created life for life. And when we use that second word life, we are speaking both qualitatively. It is a quality of life, of living, and it is quantitative. It is meant to create life for a quality of life and for life eternal. That is what God has done. A future and a plan. And this is God's free Will. It is an act of his choosing to do this. So then David acknowledges here, he realizes the significance of who he is is not based on him being an earthly king. He is royal because he is created and a son of God. Understanding our relationship with our creator that he has created and he is intent on your life and having a life for you is the, perhaps the most deepest and important aspect of our relationship with our Creator God. So how do we calculate our sense of value and our sense of worth? Friends, in a word I would give you is the word provenance. When you are evaluating a piece of art that is extremely valuable. You have a Van Gogh, and you are trying to determine if it is the real thing or if it is a forgery. An art person will ask for provenance, which is paperwork that can demonstrate the origin of this piece of art and its ownership. So it is actually origin and ownership that determines the value of the masterpiece. And that's what it later Paul in Ephesians describes and in the New Testament describes you in Ephesians 2 are a masterpiece created for Christ Jesus for good works which he has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. Thank you, Lord, for the verse. So it's provenance. 
origin and ownership source that determines our value. We have two daughters. Our oldest daughter is here uh, for uh, a, a little over a week, Rachel. Um, our younger daughter, Chantel, uh, liked to do Lego when she was younger. And uh, we went on uh, a camping trip when our girls were younger. We go, would go camping every year. We went on a camping trip. And um, uh, Chantel had, and I had actually built an elaborate car out of Lego. I mean, it took us a long time, the two of us, and we had to use the instructions. And we built this elaborate Lego uh, car. And we had some other uh, pieces that we had also created and she had made, and they were in our rec room. And while we were on vacation, there was a family that, um, a missionary family that was in town, and we said, well, why don't you stay at our place and you can have free run of the place, and it helps us out because there's someone in the house and you get a place to stay for free, and they were visiting and so on, and they thought that was great. And so after camping, we came back and we went downstairs. Well, actually, Chantal and Rachel went downstairs, and all of a sudden I heard this, wah, kind of thing. And we went downstairs, and all of the pieces that Chantal had assembled and all the pieces that her and I had assembled, including the car, were disassembled and all the Lego was in a bucket. For the kids that had visited, they didn't know. They didn't really understand. They were playing. But for Chantel, that car was really, really important. Because she had made it. And she had put all this time into it. And so for her, it was a really big deal. And that's the way it is with our Creator God and all of you. You were handmade. It was deliberate. You were made on purpose for a purpose. So while there is procreation, God is the pro-creator. And the invitation, as we hear David, the invitation is to come alive to your provenance, to understand your origin, and come alive to your life. Understanding that God has made you on purpose, for a purpose. This necessarily shapes and informs our identity. Today, there is a major struggle and conflict with identity. And the world would have people try and calculate worth and value and identity through all kinds of other means, through social means, through performance means, through possession means. But really, what we can say is that you were created by the Creator. The Creator created creation. 
And whether you are a young earth creationist or whether you are uh, uh, someone who believes in evolution, all followers of Jesus Christ can say the creator created creation. And that includes each and every person. It informs and shapes the way we have our identity, but also it informs and shapes our relationship with other people. That is one of the reasons why I subscribe to a life of peace. I am for peace. It isn't that I'm, you know, uh, walking around scared or not willing to get into a quarrel or a fight. It's that I am for peace. When we think of medical assistance in, uh, in dying or the subject of abortion, they give us pause. Not because of what we are against, but because we understand that God is for and so we are for, we are for life. We are for life, for life. And followers of Jesus and air quotes Christians and air quotes religion can spend all kinds of time talking about what we are against when it is not that at all. It is what God is for. So Jesus Christ sacrificed himself on the cross. God sent his son. He demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us because he is for us. That is the love of God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he is the source of all. Dot, dot, dot. Good. He is the source of all good. He's the source of life. Not all evil, but all good. So he has created us with faculty and a mind and yes, a volition, a will. So that human beings with all of those component parts are able to choose and accept or reject and some people say, yes, I, I accept that there is a creator and that the creator has created and that he has created human beings. And I also believe firmly that he has created me and he's created my, my family member and my friend and my neighbor. Some accept. But yes, also some reject. And they wander away from all that is good, the goodness, the, of the origin of what is good and loving and gracious and merciful. And as they wander away, no wonder that evil and corrupt and violence exist. So to accept and to believe is to accept that there is a creator generally, to accept that he has created you and me specifically, and also to accept the plan and the purpose that he has for me and us as a church. To lean into and accept that. We understand that God breathes life into human beings. But to have life for life or eternal life requires a second birth, a recreation through the Lord Jesus Christ by the love of God 
the Father through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are recreated. So all human beings are created by God. But only some are recreated. And the invitation for you and for your friends and for your family members and those that are listening online this morning or who will listen online during the week, the invitation is not only to come alive uh, to your life and to your providence, but to come alive to your life, your recreated life in Jesus Christ. Your recreated life in Jesus Christ. I want to invite the music team to come up onto the platform this morning. I know a lot of you here this morning as I look out, I know you have accepted Jesus Christ. And maybe you've accepted Him as Savior. Maybe you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior. If you've accepted Him as Lord, then you also get Savior. But maybe this morning the Spirit is telling you also to accept Him as your Creator who loves you and values you and who establishes your identity and worth. Amen. Understand, if you're listening online, I invite you to ask questions. If you're wondering what I'm talking about this morning, or you're unsure, or you're saying, yes, I want to I come alive to my life, in, in my recreated life in Jesus Christ, then, then say that in this moment and tell somebody about that. But if you have questions, you're not sure something is dissonant, then I invite you to ask questions. Jesus said, ask Seek, knock, because I'll tell you something, the truth is not in jeopardy. This is not going to wobble because you ask a question that's tough where I can't answer. It's just the way it is. And friends, this morning, I also want to invite you to lean into your uh, extravagant, immense value and worth that our Creator has placed on you. I want to ask you to just take your hand. Open your hand and take a look at your hand. Take a look at that. Just for a moment. We need to reach for the correct calculator when we are thinking about our sense of value or self-worth. Last week I talked about the vagus nervous system and about the sympathetic nervous system which causes fight or flight. There's another part, which is the parasympathetic. It leads us towards serenity and calm and peace. And so when you are wondering about your identity or your sense of worth, take your hand and look at it and take some deep breaths, thereby activating that parasympathetic nervous system. Take a deep breath and say, in, you take a deep breath in and say, Lord, you know, and exhale, Lord, you are with me. Lord, you know me. 
Lord, you are with me. Lord, you created me. Lord, you value me. And yes, there's all kinds of imperfections. <laughs> we would use the word imperfections in that hand. It's wrinkled. There are lines. All of that is artwork. That's artwork. Humans call it imperfections because we're using calculators for utility and all that garbage. That is artwork. So take your breaths, look at your hand, and understand who you are and how valuable and how much worth you have before your Creator. And then understand as we treat other people, look at them as well. They are created, and maybe they're just a step or two away from being recreated in Christ Jesus. He said the second command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And then we can do, friends, what David did spontaneously as he was coming to this acknowledgement. He said, I praise you. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so the other response after we get our breath and we get our parasympathetic activated through night breathing and remembering that God is with us, He knows us and He values us, and we're treating other people the same way. And we can praise Him, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we should never be inhibited or feel embarrassed about praising and worshiping our Creator, who, because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, it isn't performance, it's dancing before our Creator. So let's do that. Let's praise and worship our Creator.